Hello and welcome to Faith Life 365 podcast number two of the year 2020. My name is Tim Hardison. Hey, if you missed podcast one, be sure to go back and listen. Uh, now let's say a prayer, do a quick recap from last podcast, and we're going to jump back in. Father God, we come before you now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we praise you. We thank you for the many blessings you have given us. We thank you for your word and pray that you will open our eyes so that we may see in our ears that we may hear your word. Father, renew our minds. Give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding now as we study your word and the topic of faith. Amen and amen. In podcast one, we define the English word faith and the Greek word pistis that faith is translated from, along with some other English and Greek words used in Hebrews 11.1 defining faith. Now we said that biblical faith could be defined like this. Faith is the substance, the confidence, the assurance, the foundation, which has actual existence of things hoped for, the evidence, conviction, proof, assurance, by which invisible things are proved and we are convinced of their reality as completely real as if we could see, hear, smell, touch, or taste it. And as uh, more simply uh, put by the Amplified, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Now, we ended podcast one with these questions. How do you get the kind of faith we see in the Bible? Can we have the kind of faith Jesus speaks of? What is biblical faith and how does it work? Today, we're going to start with uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. We're going to start in the King James. Now, he that hath wrought for us the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and will rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Now, the English Standard Version says it like this. Now, he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be home with the Lord. Therefore, we always have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. So God's word tells us that biblical faith comes from the spirit. It's not the flesh. In order to receive the Holy Spirit, you have to believe in God and Christ Jesus. Therefore, it's impossible to have the biblical kind of faith, the God kind of faith, without first being a Christian, a child of God with the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. You have been made a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, the last verse of the, of the scripture we just read, it says uh, in the New Living Translation, so whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. All right, now Hebrews 11:6 tells us that it's impossible to please God without faith. So uh, the King James uh, Version here says of uh, Hebrews 11:6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The New Living Translation says it like this, 
and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So we have to have faith that God is who he says he is and that he can and will do what he says he can and will do. So how do we get this biblical faith, this God kind of faith? Do we automatically receive it when we become a Christian, when we receive the Holy Spirit? Well, the Word says that each Christian is given the measure of faith. <clears throat> Let's look at Romans 12, 3, the King James. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, accordingly, or according, as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, the Apostle Paul was speaking to the church, uh, to the Christians in Rome. And he was speaking to the believers, not the non-believers. So we know that the measure of faith is given to Christians by God when we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. God is no respecter of persons. So if God is no respecter of persons, then God's not going to give me more than he's going to give you. He's not going to give something to one that he's not going to give the other, at least the abilities. So let's look at uh, Acts 10.34, the King James Version says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. The New Living Translation says, When Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. No individual was given any more faith than anyone else. Now if that's so, why then does it seem that some people you know, have great, extraordinary faith? Uh, while others seem to struggle to believe or have faith in the smallest of things. Uh, well, can we all have extraordinary faith? The answer from what we just read above is yes, we can all have extraordinary faith. Now, if that's true, then, well, why don't we all have extraordinary faith? God's no respecter of persons, right? Well, we spoke of you're given the measure of faith. But faith has to be cultivated. It has to be grown. It has to be acted on. It It has to, uh, uh, the Word will tell us, and we'll see that, you know, it comes by hearing and hearing of the Word. Um, so you're given the measure of faith. You're not instantly filled with great faith. You're not instantly filled as this great faith warrior. Um, you're given the same measure of faith that was given to Jesus when the Holy Spirit descended upon him at his baptism. You've been given the same amount of faith that any of these uh, uh, great faith warriors that we read of in the Bible of our examples. Just what do you do with your faith? So if we're willing to hear God's word, have faith, believe, and follow his direction by putting in the work required, we can attain great and extraordinary faith. Professional athletes, let's look at this. Professional athletes and Olympians, uh, anyone who performs at upper levels, you know, they get there by hard work and dedication. They don't wake up one morning and they're the top of the, you know. So how do they become the best and reach the highest levels of performance? Well, they practice daily. They work out daily, eating properly, mental preparation. They don't just walk on the field and instantly become the best, an Olympian, you know, a, a major leaguer. Um, they have to master the fundamentals of their sport or profession. 
And this can apply over a broad area. Uh, fundamentals are fundamentals, and mastering them requires work and dedication. Um, you know, in most cases, it takes many years of practice and preparation. They rise to the top by mastering the basics, the fundamentals. Uh, they each have their own technique or special way of doing certain things, but the fundamentals of their sport or profession remain the same, and they must be mastered. To excel in any area of life, you must master the basics or the fundamentals. Uh, when professional athletes, Olympians, or other professionals attempt to take shortcuts, well, what happens there? Well, they usually end up with an injury or in defeat. Uh, you've heard the old saying, no pain, no gain. Shortcuts, not putting in the proper work, do not lead uh, to being the best in your profession or sport. Now, you may get ahead for a short period of time, uh, but in the end, if you're, t if you're taking shortcuts and you're not putting in the work, uh, you're ultimately going to fail or fall short. You'll receive an injury or, or you'll just fail to reach your full potential, but you will not attain that level uh, upon which the professionals and Olympians attain. So how do we grow our faith into extraordinary faith? Well, faith is no different than a professional athlete or an Olympian. We must master the fundamentals laid out for us in God's Word. You know, daily work, practice, proper diet equates to reading and hearing God's Word, prayer and fasting, acting on the Word, learning and obeying the basic fundamental laws of faith, as well as all the other laws surrounding God's Word. Uh, Romans ten seventeen says in the King James, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The New English translation says, Consequently, Faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the preached word of Christ. Now, the Greek word rhema, this R-H-E-M-A, is translated into the English word word and is used in this verse. So the Greek word logos, or logos, this L-O-G-O-S, is also translated into the English word word. Uh, but we'll discuss this at a later time. Uh, they're both important words here, but rema is what is used in this verse. So Strong's, let's look at this. Strong's definitions defines rema as an utterance, individually, collectively, or specially, by implication, a matter or topic, especially, especially of narration, command, or dispute. Thayer's Greek lexicon defines rema as that which is or has been uttered by the living voice, thing spoken, word, any sound produced by the voice and having definite meaning, speech, discourse, that one has said, a series of words joined together in a sentence, declaration of one's mind made in words, an utterance, a saying of any sort as a message, a narrative, concerning some occurrence, subject matter of speech, uh, things spoken of. So the use of the word rhema in this verse is referring to the anointed, the preached word, spoken word of God. Um, so we see that faith comes from hearing the preached Word of God. Does this mean that you can only grow faith by sitting in church and listening to a minister or watching and listening to a minister on uh, TV or radio? Uh, without question, we receive the Word of God this way, and this grows our faith. This, this definitely does. However, uh, the Bible is the inspired Word of God, and, and we need to also read it ourselves, read it out loud, praying for God to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Like I said, read the Word out loud. Hear your own voice speaking the Word of God. Remember, as we said uh, in the podcast one early on, 
you know, the spoken word. Words are powerful. Uh, later on, uh, at some point, we're going to get into this as well as far as the words and spoken words. So we're not given an instant feeling of great, extraordinary faith. Well, uh, we're given the ability. We're given that measure of faith, but that faith has to be cultivate, cultivated and, and drawn out. Um, you know, just look at athletes, uh, you know, when they're born, they grow up and, and um, you know, some of them have the strength of whatever sport or whatever it is that they're, they're in. You know, just, we always think of these big muscular strong, but, you know, to be uh, a professional, to be the top of your game, uh, you do not have to be, you know, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger muscle built bound person, to, you know, that we often think of as, you know, some of these Olympians. Uh, it's whatever your gifts are, you know, where you're at and how you develop it. But it's, you have that potential, you have that ability, you have that measure of faith. But what do you do to cultivate it and to get to the top to master? It requires the work that we all have the ability to do. Uh, we're given the measure of faith, which comes and grows through the hearing of the word and the preached word of God. Uh, you have the potential of great and extraordinary faith within you. So we've talked about that. You have it, but are you going to cultivate it? So you have to take action to grow your faith into that great and extraordinary faith. You know, some have been Christians for many years, but they've never grown their faith. Uh, people who should have great and extraordinary faith, who should be teaching others, are still children in God's eyes because they've not taken time to build up and grow their faith. They're content where they are. You know, some are still there because, well, they simply don't know any better. It's just, well, this is, you know, I've never been taught this. I've never seen this. I've never studied faith. I don't understand that, that I should be growing in faith um, and building my faith. God's Word says that they're drinking milk as a baby when they should be eating meat. So let's look. Hebrews 5, verse uh, 12 and then it goes all the way through Hebrews chapter 6, 1. So Hebrews 5, 12 through chapter 6 and verse 1 says in the King James, For when the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you, again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. So I'm going to break in here. The Greek word tilotia, I, I probably can pronounced that uh, and, and tore it up, but it's T-E-L-E-I-O-T-E-T-A is translated as the English word perfection, and it's also translated as maturity and defined as moral and spiritual perfection. So, you know, when you, you hear the word perfection uh, in the scripture, uh, substitute maybe the word maturity. It makes a little better sense to what we're reading here and saying. Uh, and, and I think what was intended by it, and it was translated into perfection, but uh, that word is translated also into maturity and is, is known 
uh, immaturity. You'll often find it in the, it, depending on your Bible, maybe in the center there over to the side, it'll show you the word maturity. Uh, I'm going to read this again in the New Living Translation. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babes who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, uh, who through training have the skill and recognize the difference between right and wrong. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Wow. So, God has called us. He's called us all. If you are a Christian and you have accepted Christ Jesus, he has called us to be professional athletes, Olympians in faith. Not to be content just sitting on the couch and watching and listening and nodding our heads, saying praise the Lord every once in a while. In the kingdom of God, we're not called to be spectators. We are are to develop and grow our faith and gifts to and for God's glory to our maximum potential and then minister to others, be a witness to other people. It uh, doesn't mean you have to stop life. You can't do anything else. You have to spend 24-7 in your word, in the reading, and going, no, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, though it wouldn't hurt, <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about we live our lives. We live our daily lives. We go to work. We do our jobs. But we develop our gifts. We develop our faith in the Lord God, and we do it to the maximum extent so that we are a witness in our jobs and wherever we go every day. Lord knows I've been a baby for a long time, and I have failed miserably in developing my faith as to where it needs to be and to be in the true witness uh, for God that I ought to be. But you know what? It's never too late to start today and to grow into maturity you know, I don't care if you're 75, if you're 55, if you're, if you're 15. You know, you can be 75 and drinking milk with the 15-year-old or the 10-year-old. Uh, but we can start today and become mature. There's never too late to do that. Um, we don't all have the same gifts. We don't all play the same sports, you might say. But we are expected to seek out our gifts and, and develop our faith and gifts just as professional athletes or Olympians do for their sport. And it's never too late, folks. It's never too late for God. It's never too late to get started and grow in that faith and developing that faith. So now we know how faith is defined. We know as Christians, we all have been given the measure of faith. We know that we have to master the fundamentals of faith by hearing and acting on God's word. We know that we can grow our faith into great and extraordinary faith by hearing the Word of God. Now, that is going to bring in to another question. How does faith work? We know faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and faith is activated by acting on the Word of God. Understand that, but how does it work? Well, here we are again. We're out of time. So tomorrow we're going to jump right back in here and we're going to talk about how does faith work. We're going to talk about faith is governed by the law of faith. Hmm, That's going to be fun. So be back 
uh, with us tomorrow. And I want to thank you again for listening. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.